Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. Taco Tuesday, tonight on a Monday. I'm Alex Padilla, at Alex Padilla 86 He's Alex Regla, at Alex M. Regla. And we come to you after the Lakers beat the Cavs 115 108, or should I say, Alex, after LeBron beat the Cavs, because he was incredible tonight. How are you? I'm doing good, man. That was that was cool. Like, LeBron, like, to see him still have this in him, like, these types of games, that they're always really fun to see. Um, I went back, because I was curious. I, as a Laker, I didn't do the Heat games, but LeBron versus the Cavs has only played him twice before as a Laker, and had great games, 32, 14, and 7 in 2018 and then last year they only played once 31 and 8 and then tonight 46 points 8 rebounds 6 assists 7 of 11 from 3 and of course like just highlight after highlight after highlight whether it's breakaway dunks logo threes blocked layups LeBron did absolutely everything tonight and if he didn't the Lakers lose this game because everybody else played pretty bad. So uh, LeBron, story of the game, the kid from Akron tears it up in Cleveland. That's the story. Yes, I'm looking at the uh, the play by play of the of the game, the fourth quarter. So this is the last four minutes mm-hmm. for the Lakers. Okay, so a LeBron three, a LeBron layup, a LeBron three point step back. Uh, AD dunk assisted by LeBron, a LeBron three, a LeBron fadeaway. Yeah. So you're right. Like that, if he doesn't go crazy there, yeah, they could have lost this game because they were messing around for most of it. For How sure. about you look at it this way? In the first quarter, LeBron scored 17 points. The Lakers outscored the Cavs 34 23. In the fourth quarter, he scored 21 points, and the Lakers outscored the Cavs 28 19. Uh, if you do the math on that, 17 and 21, that is 38 points of his 46. In quarter two and three, they did not play well, and the Cavs outscored them 35-31 and 31-22. That third quarter might have been the worst quarter the Lakers have played this season. That's saying a lot because they've had some some stinkers so far quarter-wise. Yeah. Uh, that was a terrible quarter. But yeah, man, when LeBron played like he did in the first and fourth quarter, the Lakers looked good. Other than that, the Lakers looked bad tonight. So what do you chalk that up to? Like, why do you think they look bad tonight? Any specific reasons? Do you think that when, you, when you're on this current seven-game road trip, your schedule has yeah. been pretty easy. Um, we saw how great Anthony Davis played against Chicago, and now you see how great LeBron played against Cleveland. Do you just think they, like, they circle these games like, yo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear it up tonight. I got to go all out tonight. And then after AD did it, he's like, okay, you know, we got Cleveland. This is LeBron's thing. But really, we got Philly the next game. I'm looking at that one. That's kind of how I can maybe attribute to, like, some guys just didn't get up for this game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe they still, like, Cleveland um, heading into the game, I think they've been one of the, like, kind of bright spots of the league. Like, I thought they've been a lot better than what I think almost everyone expected them to. Like, they were 500 heading into the game. And they were competitive with the Lakers for most of this I mean, game. They also, beat Cleveland. Like, I mean, they, they beat, play hard. They beat Brooklyn twice, right? Yeah. So, and they were without Larry Nance Jr. tonight, who's been amazing for them. So maybe the guy still viewed Cleveland as maybe 
the team everyone kind of expected him to be uh, versus the team they actually are, at least to start this year. And yeah, I mean, maybe they're also looking ahead a bit to Philadelphia, like you said, because that could be a potential finals preview. So we've seen it happen before. This team has lapses. Um, they had lapses against Chicago. Like mm-hmm. they were up by like 20 or 30, it was 30. and they the ended up winning kept, by 11. So it just happens. Yeah, the broadcast kept referring to that, how they just kind of took the gas, the, their foot off the gas, and they went from a 30-point uh, lead, ended up winning by 11, I believe. So yeah. um, we've said this before as well on this particular podcast. The Lakers are so good talent-wise that they can just go in a spurt and win a game. Whereas Cleveland, they have to play as hard and tough as they did tonight to have a chance where the Lakers, they just had a couple moments where LeBron did and it's over. Like that's just the difference between a championship contender and the Cavs who will be struggling to make the playoffs. Yeah. And I think that's why the Lakers have been kind of annoying this year, right? Because they do play with that. Not that, attitude but that kind of cockiness that you know they have the experience of closing out games what they need to so sometimes like you said they they kind of are lax out there they don't try uh, to their like their fullest effort wise and they let teams back in it and sometimes they they wait too long to try to flip that switch and they lose the game that's kind of like what happened with the warriors game last time so yeah and a team like cleveland who's hungry like against the champions you knew they were going to get their best effort mm-hmm. tonight so thankfully lebron had this type of performance because without it yeah i think they could probably could have lost this game yeah it's and listen before we get to like the details of what we think obviously there there's issues as far as the lakers go on certain nights not as a as like a, a major issue but there's things that later on could come back and bite them um especially like tonight you could just see like the the difference when they play like a when they play a, a team that has so many big men they just they just seem to struggle, but we'll get to that. But before we get into any of that, LeBron, man, just I mean, how many times can we come on this podcast and say it? Is it the guy is thirty six years old, right? Thirty seven, thirty six, yeah, thirty six. Excuse me. And he still, when he wants to, has the ability to turn it on like he did tonight. And I said it already: seventeen points in the first quarter, twenty one points in the fourth quarter, a total of forty six points. Um. Threes from the logo, pull uh, fadeaway threes, blocks, yeah. uh, dunks, just it's amazing. And it's pretty safe to say that in basketball, we've never seen someone do it at this age, at that level, no. where he is just there. He looks like he's 28 years old. It's crazy with that. That um, what, what would you call it? It was like this weak side block. I think it was on... Colin Sexton, yeah, I'm watching the replay right now, where he kind of just came over, and it was like old-school Cleveland LeBron with these huge blocks. And sometimes he, like, pulls one out, and it kind of, like, uh, it shocks you, like, like it, like it, that he can still do that, right? Like he, that, The fact that he can still dunk is, is pretty crazy at 36. So, <laughs> yeah, it, what he's doing right now is, is unbelievable. Like, I think the shooting, like you mentioned, like that's been really underrated this year in terms of his game. Like he's shooting the ball really, really well from from behind the arc and even from like mid range of these kind of fadeaways and stuff. So, yeah, I think his shooting has been really underrated. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been impressive. And I don't, I don't know if you follow uh, Rob Perez Worldwide Wob. 
he has this theory that every time LeBron looks at the ball before he shoots a three, I think yeah, he's shooting yeah. like a hundred percent. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like it's it's. I I don't think I've ever seen him not shoot it. Yeah, uh, when he does that. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but it's, you know, I think watching things from afar, and this is the third year we have it, and really like two and a half because he did get hurt that first year, but watching him from afar every now and then when he was on the Cavs and Heat, you're like, yeah, he's great. Like, what do you? You know, what more is there to say? But then when you watch him night in and night out, and yeah, it's not every single game that he throws up 46, but I feel like he can if he wanted to, you know, like there's games where he just takes the backseat to certain guys and and it's kind of, that's kind of frustrating, but it's amazing, man. And I've ran out of words to describe what it is to watch LeBron, but on nights like tonight, it's just like, take a step back and appreciate what he did tonight. It was, it was ridiculous. Are you impressed or are you surprised how like he doesn't do it every game like you just said like he he's not going to do it every game but I still think at least from my end I'm I've been impressed with how much effort he's kind of given in the early part of the season like I I think he's kind of been more engaged than a guy like AD mm-hmm. and I thought it would have been the other way around um are, is does that surprise you that he's kind of played this hard so early on into the into the year I'm thinking about it. I guess so. I didn't really think about it like that. Um, like, because we we assumed, like, most of these guys, especially I thought especially LeBron, after the short turnaround and winning the championship, it would take him, like, a good, I don't know, 25 games to really, like, get going. Yeah. But it seems like there's been at least half of these games, if not more, where he's kind of really putting in. Like, tonight yeah. was... They need every bit of what he. You know gave what tonight. though? That's, that's, that surprised me. At that's least. really though, when when you look at LeBron, that's what separates him from great players. You know, is that yeah? We in the off season he can joke like yeah, I won't be there in the preseason or you know like he made those jokes and stuff. <laughs> but really, when he gets on the court, it's it you don't think about that stuff, and there's no thought about you know hey I only had. X amount of days in the off season. I didn't get to take a trip to on Christmas with my family. Like you don't think about that when you're playing. And to me, that's that once he came back, it's just a regular season again. Like LeBron's that's what to me, what has separated him from the pack of greats is that he just does it every single time. He doesn't take nights off really, unless he's actually hurt. So like I, to answer your question, no, I'm really not surprised that, I'm a little bit disappointed in how disengaged Anthony Davis looks sometimes this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I asked that question in the offseason. When you are a player like AD where there's all these questions being asked of you, can you win the big one? Can you win the championship? And then you do it. I asked the question. It's like, okay, so what kind of player is Anthony Davis going to be? And trust me, I'm not taking 18 games as to answer my question yet. But what kind of player are you going to be? You're going to be the kind of player that is cool. Like, hey, I won one. I answered the questions. I got paid. I'm in LA. Or are you going to go and try and be like a great? Are you really going to go out and be there? And so far, listen, it's 18 games. He can easily switch it around. But he seems disengaged for the most part this season, like on the court. It's been a little not like LeBron level is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, he doesn't look like it's not even. So obviously he does look a little disengaged, but it's almost like he doesn't look comfortable out there. Like, I, I'm not sure. I think early on, I, I kind of chalked it up as him kind of just preserving his body and him just not going out and putting the effort in. 
And then also maybe him kind of learning how to play with his new teammates because he has two new guys in the starting lineup. He has a new front court partner in Marcus Gasol, who's a completely different player than JaVale McGee, right? Mm-hmm. And we kind of assumed, because of Mark's skill set, that was just going to make the game even easier for AD. Um, but yeah, he's like just shooting a lot more jumpers than I expected him to. Um, he's not attacking the rim as often. Um, his defense kind of comes and goes. It is a bit surprising. Again, it's still so early. Yeah. And it's tough to kind of come to any predictions at this point. But that, yeah, like I said, I would have expected LeBron to be at, Coasting. The, at this level, uh, not AD. So it is surprising. But when you think about it, too, when you add so many, like when the Cavs traded away like half their team mid mid run, you know, LeBron has been there, done that. We're like, hey, like we added pieces like we these this is right now is where you build the foundation to make a championship run. You 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 get that work in early and you figure it out early to, to then be coasting later on. Like we know each other. We know what we're doing. We know whose role it is. So I feel like LeBron is just taking that role as as he always has to to make that happen. And other guys are just kind of figuring it out. LeBron knows his role. He's the guy. Like it's just he is the guy. We ask questions about like is AD going to be the one ever? He's not yet. LeBron is because he can do what he did tonight. So I, I there's an adjustment period. I'm not worried about Anthony Davis. I don't want to make it seem like I'm like, "Oh, he's he's slacking." No, dude. I mean, He's 22 points, eight rebounds, three assists a game. Like he's he's doing his work too. So I don't want to make it seem like that. I just think LeBron. I mean, he literally just had an amazing right, game against right. the Bulls. I'm really not. I know that sometimes like I can come off as like as I'm like judging him, but really, Le, it's just the difference between LeBron and AD right now. Like look, Anthony Davis an All Star. Anthony Davis is great. LeBron James MVP type player, like top two player of all time. It's just there's a difference, you know. It's not a bad thing either. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, they have both. Right. That, you know, one night, one guy can do this the other night. And, the and that goes back this, to so. what I said about the talent of the roster is that, you know, they don't have to go bust their ass for 48 minutes a game to, to win a game. Whereas the Cavs kind of do. And that's just the luxury that the Lakers have. Yeah, this is AD tore it up last game and LeBron tore it up this game. It, it's, you know. And, you know, yeah, sorry. I, I thought, I, yeah, while you're on that, I kind of did want to mention the other guys tonight because I thought there were some other guys who had really big performances that maybe kind of flown under, under the radar because of how good LeBron was. But I thought the bench uh, between Harold Kuzma and Caruso really, really helped provide energy when, when it got really, the offense started to drag out there, the defense and just like their effort level. I thought guys like Harold Kuzma's offensive rebounding Caruso's defense late in that game in the fourth quarter after not playing for for most of it and just coming in right away and impacting the game, Harold like all game was really really active. Although he struggled against bigs like you mentioned, but I thought those guys, like you said, the other guys on the roster really helped pick things up. At one point in the fourth quarter, I just wrote down coos 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 rebound rebound rebound. Yeah, yeah, and it it just goes back to what we've said here about this the the versatility that he's been able to show this season. Listen, he's he's not scoring a lot. Yeah, what did he score tonight? Was it? Yeah, four uh, points tonight. Uh, I think four points. But eight rebounds, six, six offensive. offensive. Yeah, so there's things that they need him to do. It's a different thing every night, and he performs. Uh, Alex Caruso, were you watching the home the home feed? This game wasn't on national TV. Was yeah, it? I was watching a Spectrum. What did they really? He kept saying that the Caruso's the best shooter in the league this year. He is. Is uh, that in for terms real? Of like, oh yeah. 
uh, stats. Yeah, 56. he is. 56.7% three-point percentage Alex Caruso, followed by Seth Curry. And guess who's third? Oh, man. Is it Paul George? No. Another Laker. Oh, oh uh, KCP. KC3, as Billy yeah, Mack likes right. to say, even though he's only like one of seven tonight. Um, that surprised me. I was like, oh, for real? Caruso? But yeah, there you go. 56%. Tonight, not a great night for him. Like I said, if you watch tonight, uh, yeah, there are other guys that performed well. The shooting was just bad all around except for LeBron. Um, uh, KCP, one of eight from three. Caruso, one of three. Uh, as a team, 31%. Not the greatest shooting night that the Lakers have, have shown. Um, but that's a big difference between last year and this year. They have good shooters. I mean, yeah. I mean, even like guys like that were on the team last year, just the the improvements. Like KCP was on the team last year. Crusoe was on the team last year. Kuzma was on the team last year. But all three have, you know, improved their shooting efficiency. Even LeBron going there can also be counted that. Like, the guys they brought in, like, Wes Matthews hasn't really been the guy who's added the three-point shooting like we expected him to, right. like, at the Danny Green level or him replacing Danny Green. It's been the guys who were on the team already mm-hmm. who've kind of been the biggest impact guys. And Crusoe's defense, and if he's going to shoot like that, Crusoe's going to – he may not get 30 minutes a game, but he's going to close out games, right? Like, he just has to be in the lineup at the end of games if he's going to continue to shoot the way he is and play the defense he's playing. Caruso's in your what's it, what's it called the death lineup. He has to be. I think he has to play more than he is right now. And I I kind of understood why he didn't play as much tonight. Like I guess they were trying to match big with big, and I, that wasn't really working. No. Um, but yeah, that, how have you felt Frank's rotations? Because they've been really up and down uh, this we... last few games. Like we had Tht last game. Yeah. I'm not sure if he Tht played did not today. Play tonight. Didn't we yeah. say that last year a lot too? Like we don't really know Vogel's rotations. It's it's uh, well, last year was the hot hand, right? right. Like that was the big thing. Right. He was just gonna play whoever had the hot hand, which okay. But now it's almost more like I don't know. Like I can't really I either. get a grasp of what he's doing from a night to night basis. I feel like every game there's always a moment like in the second quarter where he's just experimenting with like five guys. Yeah. And today that didn't happen because LeBron like played like the first like 16 minutes of the game. Uh, he just didn't. He was so on fire. He just didn't come out. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there. I don't like. I don't know about you. How you watch a game? I feel like I'm more of. I don't really like notice rotations too much unless it's going bad or really good. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, um, it doesn't stand out to me as much. So I don't. I'm not like, oh look, it's it's these guys, unless it's like. I've noticed it when it's like really bad because the Lakers have had some really bad uh, five out there sometime. Yeah, I think it's just more of like, oh, like Wes Matthews plays almost 17 minutes tonight. And like the other game, he plays like four minutes. Like it's just kind of like the differences from a night to night basis that's kind of different. But again, like Marcus Gasol had three fouls right away. Right away. To start this First game. And minutes. that kind of throwing the rotations out of whack a bit too. So that explains some of it. But it's just something that I've been keeping an eye on. Um, I thought Caruso, again, I think his minutes is something worth monitoring because I think he's been fantastic this year, like you said, with the shooting and his defense. And he's really proven to be really, really solid and, and, and a needed guy. So, and I think going into the year, we were gonna we were talking about like whose minutes are going to take a hit. We thought maybe Kuz, we thought maybe Markeith, or, or even Caruso. So 
that's just something I've, I've been keeping an eye on. Yeah. Um, that you Now that you bring up Gasol, let's just get to it. Because I don't know how many teams in the West have the size that Cleveland does with Drummond and JaVale. And uh, now they got uh, Jared Allen. Uh, yeah. I don't know how many teams in the West have that. I do know that the West has Jokic, um, you know, guys that are elite center big men. And I we've brought this up again before that you got rid of JaVale, you got rid of Dwight, you brought in Mark, and you brought in Trez. Trez, a much smaller uh, big man, I guess you can say, than most. Uh, do you foresee that being an issue? Maybe something they try and address? Bringing somebody in? I don't know who's out there, but or maybe the buyout market later? Do, or are you comfortable with the size that the Lakers have? And I'm not forgetting AD, but I kind of put him in a different category. Yeah, I think it's tough. Like, um, I, I get. I, I think it's tough against certain matchups. So we have Marcus Saul, who's kind of our designated. If we play against a team who has a star big man like an Embiid, like a Jokic, um, he that's why we have Gersal, right? Like he's that's who's going to cover those guys, and he's really good at that. But the issue is what happens in a night like that we saw tonight when he gets into early foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know if you want to exert AD to have to cover an opposing big because maybe he gets in foul trouble. Maybe he uses up all his energy on defense and has a bad shooting game. And like we saw tonight, Trez, like you mentioned, is just too small in terms of guarding bigs. Like that's a weakness of his. He's really good at a lot of things. But for his size, he's going to struggle against like athletic bigs like a Jared Allen, like a JaVale McGee, like a Jokic. Um so those are that's one potential weakness. I do like I think Cleveland's a, a bit of a rarity though in the league. Like I don't think any other team has this number of bigs and plays them at the same time. Like we saw Jared Allen and Drummond on the floor at the same time tonight, which is like '90s NBA. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of teams are doing that. Yeah, last year so, the Lakers uh, had they never played Dwight and Javale together, but that oh, was yeah. but that was the Lakers. It's like they not too many teams had that size. I mean, listen, Dwight and JaVale barely played in the fourth quarter of games, but still, for three quarters, they wore you out. So is that something, like, so say come the buyout market, is that the position you're looking for in terms of need? Like, is it another point yeah, guard, a shooting guard, so. a wing? I think so. Or is it, is it that backup five, just in case we, Gasol gets in foul trouble? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, let's not forget Gasol's age. You're counting on him being healthy the entire time. That's true. Um, you're, you know, and he's... He's not the most agile person as is. So, um, yeah, to me, yeah. You got Schroeder. You got LeBron. You got Caruso. You got ball handlers on the team. Yeah. I'm not worried about that. The shooting has been the biggest improvement. Mm-hmm. And the bench has scores now. So, to me, that's really the the issue. I don't really see another yeah, one. I, yeah, I would say so. I, I think still, like, preferably you can get another wing. Like, so when you play the Clippers, you have guys for george and Kawhi, but i i guess i think at this point maybe that backup center might be have more you been, of a necessity i think because of the age thing with yeah. Gasol, like you mentioned have you been impressed with kuzma's defense to the point where you might trust him more against teams like that like the clippers i, I think his help defense has definitely improved like we've seen all these kind of blocks from out of nowhere i think he's really improving in that sense uh i still get a little worried in terms of like his individual point of attack defense. Yeah. But again, we haven't really seen it too much against like star wings. Yeah. Like we have 
the Lakers have kind of had a soft, soft schedule, so yeah. we haven't really seen enough of it like against a, a team like the Clippers specifically. And one thing that when we were talking about Gasol, you know, AD had three blocks tonight, and I'm pretty sure all three of them were against Drummond. Um, so when you ask about you know guarding big men, I you know in the playoffs AD will do it. Yeah, and in the playoffs, when we're talking about wing guarding wingmen, LeBron's gonna have to do it as well. So, I, I just think it's a regular season problem that that it's there, like that that's that to make it through seventy two games in the shortened season and blah 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 that we've talked about forever. I just think it would be nice to have another option. Yeah, and, and if you're getting someone off the buyout market, more likely than not, they're not going to be like impact guys, right? Mm-hmm. So it would be more of a regular season. They did thing. get. I mean, they but did that get, said, they got Keith, yeah, and say. he ended up starting a lot of playoff games <laughs> just last season. So say. I don't know. It could, maybe they get lucky, and someone we didn't expect to get bought out gets bought out. It happens every year, mm-hmm. and they they land kind of what they needed. Um, and, you know, we talked about how it's a bad game for the Lakers. They could have been looking ahead. Maybe the Sixers were looking ahead, man. They lost today to the Pistons. So, hey, bad games happen across the league. We've seen it before. So, difference is, Lakers just very talented this year. They're 14-4 and four on the season. They have won how many games in a row? Did they lose one in the middle there? They did. They lost yeah. to the, that Warriors, the Warriors game, game, man. That was frustrating. So, we, me and you were supposed to podcast after that game, but... Uh, as you all know, everyone works from home. The internet is uh, is 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 a hot commodity. It took me about twelve <laughs> days to get my internet fixed, so we missed last week. We were here ready to record, but my internet said no, thank you. But yes, the Lakers have now won three in a row. Impressive win over the Bucks that we have talked about. Uh, yeah. A thrashing of the Bulls, and then tonight, not impressive at all. But LeBron James just is LeBron James still one fifteen one hundred eight forty six points by LeBron uh, tonight. Uh, before we uh move on or leave you guys and we do our prediction for the for the next week um by the time most people alex and we didn't talk about this off air and i i don't mean to blindside you but um by the time most people listen to this it'll be the one year anniversary of kobe bryant's death uh january 26 2020 obviously everybody remembers where they were that day i'll just tell you where i was um it was it was so surreal man um I took a red eye to Miami Saturday night to go to the Super Bowl, to work for the Super Bowl out there for the whole week. And uh, we were staying in Fort Lauderdale. So it was like a 40 minute drive every day to get to the South Beach. Um, and our Sunday morning, as soon as we woke up, we I got a text as soon as I was about to get in the elevator saying Kobe died. And I was like, what? And I got in the elevator, no service, so I couldn't check. And then I checked Twitter and it was true. And that whole I would say the first four days of Radio Row, the NFL's the biggest sporting event in this country, was all about Kobe Bryant. Everybody wanted to talk about Kobe. It was emotional, you know, it was just the craziest, craziest day. Um, that's where I was. Where what where, where were you when when you read or heard the news? So I, I was at home. And um, I, I just remember seeing it on, I think it was TMZ. They were like, first. I, I was on Twitter, and I think TMZ tweeted it out. And it, it's like one of those moments where you see something, but it just doesn't seem real. Like, I, it took me, I don't know, maybe a day. Like, even after all the reports finally started to come in, it just did not seem real. Like, even that reading the, the first tweet about it, 
and like everything that was to follow every kind of i think everybody was kind of glued to social media and, and the news after that first kind of report came in just to see if it was real this like it couldn't be true like that's the thing it we, i just it just felt like it wasn't real and then the whole and it still doesn't feel real in, in some ways yeah you know what and I, and I think the reason that is is because so many players have just honored kobe in so many different ways that it just feels like he's still such a big part of the league if that makes any <laughs> sense i feel like you know we all knew that ev- that players idolized jordan i didn't realize how many players like idolized kobe until his death and they've done players have done such a good job of honoring him by you know, however many way, like yesterday or today, maybe it was Kyrie wore a Kobe jersey walking into the game, things like that. Um, but yeah, that day, man, just do you remember? Like, obviously, everybody was heartbroken that Kobe died, but then the reports of who was with him for like the first four hours of the day were just like his whole, all of his daughters, his just his wife. You know, it was just such a, a roller coaster day of emotions. Um, and then today is the one-year anniversary of LeBron passing Kobe on the all-time scoring list, if I remember correctly. And it was against Philly, which obviously we all know Kobe was born in Philly. So Kobe's last Instagram post a year ago today was a shout-out to LeBron James. And today LeBron wore the the like wristband wrap on his finger. I don't know how to, to call it, with the number 24, like Kobe used to wear. Uh, so tomorrow, uh, if you're listening to it on Tuesday today, I just imagine it's going to be a very emotional day for a lot of people. Tributes will be coming out. Videos have already been coming out. Articles, if you read, like the LA Times had stuff on them. Like everybody's had stuff on Kobe. Um, Alex, I think I'm a couple years older than you, but um, you know, for me, Kobe and Shaq were the beginning of. I mean, not really the beginning. I started with like Nick Van Axel, Eldon Campbell. Those were the years that I started really watching the Lakers. Mm. But Kobe was, I mean, for me, there was no better. How about for you? Were you, you're like not too much younger than me, but you, same no, for you, yeah. right? I, my fandom really was, was built around the, the Kobe and Shaq years. Like that's when I got into basketball. That's what made me a Lakers fan. Like I, and it was Kobe specifically that, that drew me in. I just was kind of like in awe of him and what he could do on the floor and i would always remember going to school and arguing with like my friends like like even like on the playground you would argue like kobe or Shaq, right like that was like even though they were teammates like we would still have arguments like which who is better and who like which who we needed the most and all that stuff and i always remember just like kobe was my guy yeah. like that's the guy i would always argue for yeah and even when they traded Shaq and all those down years like I was like ride and die with Kobe. Like that was my dude. Um, So yeah, like it's, yeah, tomorrow, like it's fitting that, you know, they play the Sixers, uh, you know, Kobe's Philadelphia and all this stuff like that. But yeah, it's honestly, it's crazy that it's been a year already. Like I think it just speaks volumes to how crazy this year has (laughs) been for so many different ways. And uh, it's kind of flown by in like a weird way. Like it's, it feels like a fever dream type. Yeah, you know, there's so many jokes about, you know, 2020 started off so bad. No one knew it was going to come after that, obviously. And it was, we were so close to the pandemic really kicking in. And, you know, today, I mean, there's so much, man. I mean, really, like, just thinking about it just makes me, like, almost overwhelmed of everything that's still happening in the world right now. Um, 
So anyways, just thought I'd bring it up because it was, you know, it's going to be, I mean, for me, I'm going to enjoy it, but it's also just going to be like a somber day of like, you know, reflecting on Kobe's career, his life. You know, Vanessa always posts such emotional, like heartfelt stuff on Instagram that it's just going to be heavy and, and a lot. So um, just wanted to bring it up, though, because, I mean, I, like you said, Kobe was your guy. I, I've i only bought, you know, Kobe Bryant stuff. I don't even buy yeah. Lakers gear. I buy Mamba gear. You know, it's just the that's how, you know, Kobe is the man, dude. He was the man. So uh, that'll be today tomorrow whenever you're listening to this but alex we'll finish off and sorry to blindside you i know we didn't talk about it before but i figured it was appropriate to bring it up oh for sure um like we do every week the uh prediction time uh the lakers finished three of seven road games here on this road trip they will play the sixers and then the pistons on a back-to-back so they're in philly and then in detroit wednesday thursday and they play at Boston and at Atlanta. So plenty of travel here. I don't know how far Philly is from Detroit, but that's a back-to-back. Um, Wednesday at 4.30 on ESPN. Like I said, the Sixers did lose today. So by the time we are back, yeah, they'll play four games. Road trip will be done. You And Harrison seems to ask us to do Mondays when he, when the Lakers play Mondays. So we might be doing Monday again after the Hawks. I don't mind them. I, I like I don't mind games. them either, dude. So um, what do you think? You know what? Like I this this Philly game. Before I do my predictions, this Philly game specifically, like you mentioned, the whole uh, Gasol, like why we got Gasol. Here's a perfect. I think this might be the the first really glimpse of why we brought Gasol in to see how he matches up with the potential Finals opponent like Embiid, right? So I'm gonna be really interested in that matchup. Um, overall, uh, Philly, Detroit, Boston, Atlanta. It's a tough. There's some tough games there. Detroit's been playing okay. Atlanta's tough. Um, I'm gonna say they go. I say they go three and one. Okay. And I think, uh, I think they beat Philly. I think it's like Detroit, Boston, or Atlanta. Like one of those, are, they might end up losing. Yeah. And like in one of those games where they're just lazy again. I anticipate maybe some restage. Some restage. I don't know if that's the word. Some rest okay. for uh, for guys against the Pistons on the second of the back to back. Yeah, because that that is a lot of games in a short a number of days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I will say all they're going to go all out against Philly. It's the day after Kobe's. It's in Philly. Uh, so I think they'll go all out for that. I don't think they'll rest guys for that one. And I I'll say three and one two, but I. The Atlanta game makes me worried for some reason. Yeah, it's like Detroit or Atlanta is like, I don't know. Like Detroit on a back-to-back feels like yeah, trap game. It does. Uh, the Sixers are the number one team in the Eastern Conference. They're 12-6. and six. Boston is 10-6. and six. They're second in the Eastern Conference. Atlanta is sixth. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. So you got three playoff teams at the moment on the East. And then obviously the Pistons are uh, the worst team in the NBA. But they did beat the Sixers tonight. So... Uh, I will say three and one because, you know, the Lakers have proven that they don't lose back-to-back games. So I'm going to go three and one. Yeah. we know what, we know they're going to be Boston. So that's, that's yeah, a no brainer. Boston, whatever. They suck. 10, six, get out of here. Uh, so that's what we think. Uh, Alex at Alex M Regla on Twitter. Um, subscribe to the throwdowns. 
That's his newsletter that you can go to his Twitter. Uh, it is written frequently. Not weekly. <laughs> it is written frequently. I like how it's gone from every week to... It's, we're going to end up like sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> it, listen, it goes straight to your email so you know when he writes it. That's the point. Subscribe, yeah. and then you won't miss one. Uh, any final thoughts here, senor? Uh, no, I, again, I... That Embiid Gasol matchup, like if you guys are looking for one thing to look for, that's what I'm going to be paying attention for. So yeah, good good win today. Really cool to see LeBron have kind of these performances uh, still in him. But besides that, yeah, man, that's that's yeah. it for me. And I hope that the Lakers continue to 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 be lucky as far as their scheduling goes, because you've seen COVID kind of wreck the schedule for a lot of teams. Yeah. Lakers have not been one of them. They've been very fortunate so far this season. So I will say that regardless of their record, I just hope that that continues because that to me is a big thing to to keep that schedule as is, is a good thing. So Alex, at Alex M. Regla, I'm Alex Padilla 86. Um, subscribe to Silver Screen and Roll podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, everywhere. And check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers news. Alex, it was a pleasure and we will talk to you next week. Awesome. Thank you, man.